0: Well, isn't this a happy day? Welcome home, my
2: You don't me, i your property, so take a
0: little If you're a very, very good girl, you might even be invited to stay. Welcome to Eyes on Gilead, our weekly podcast dedicated to The Handmaid's Tale. There is a lot going on in this show, and we think it helps to talk it out after every episode drops on SBS and at SBS On Demand, and we hope you agree. I'm Fiona Williams, and I manage our online coverage of movies and TV here at SBS, and I'm joined by my colleagues and fellow resistors, Sana Kadar and Natalie Handley. Sana Kadar. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Sana is a journalist here at SBS, working on small business secrets. Sana... What was your high point this episode? I don't
2: know if it was a particular point so much as basically I thought Aunt Lydia was at her deranged best in this episode. <laughs> was <laughs> she, she was ever. utterly insane and relentless. <laughs> that, that was my takeaway point. All
0: right. We will put a pin in that and come back to that. Um, and Natalie Hanley, Managing Editor of <laughs> SPS Hello. Life.
1: Hello. What was your highlight this episode? I don't really have a highlight more than a low light. Mm-hmm. And it was a really strange scene, again with Aunt Lydia but it was a bath scene. Oh, God. Oof, yes. Ew. Like, I do like a bath. Creepy. I'm not quite sure I do now. Yeah. <laughs> Don't like Aunt Lydia looking on.
0: <laughs> All right, so we have just watched episode four, which is called Other Women. And quick recap, June is back at the Waterfords after two months away and after that oh-so-very-near escape to Canada. Aunt Lydia, as we say, is back, praise be, uh, to ensure that runaway June is transitioned back into subservient Alfred. The commander and Serena are overjoyed to have their faithful handmaid safely returned to them from her quote-unquote kidnapping, and they prepare for a ceremonial baby shower that's not the least bit weird at all. (laughs) No, sir. The event provokes a troubling shift in Offred's (coughs) relationship with Serena Joy, and all the while Offred, June, reckons with the life choices that she made back in her relationship with Luke that put her on the path towards being targeted as a handmaid. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I need to talk about this and maybe go scroll some Latin into a wardrobe wall. I don't know. Yes,
1: Yes, definitely. It was gone. That was very sad. Uh, That was a low point. Yeah, Yeah. and that was the ending. (laughs) And
2: actually the whole show was a bit of a bummer.
1: Well, i got to say the opening scene actually, like that opening scene where she's getting the tag back in the ear again, that just got me right in the gut because having the tag removed when she had scissors and she cut it out of her cartilage in her ear, like that was such a strong... Strong resistance move and now the absolute sign that she is back under their watch was that tag going straight back in again and I just went that's so depressing back but
2: also broken by the end
1: she's really feisty in the beginning she's responding
2: with "Uh uh-huh and you know not saying blessed be yeah she's there's still it's like they're trying to shove her back into her offered box but she's not ready to go there quite yet she's still you know climbing out of it by the end she is in that box
1: That's what I thought was interesting about this episode, because we see a lot of sort of the physical toll of being a handmaid, whether it's the punishments or the rapes or whatever it is, we see a lot of what they have to put up with and endure. But this episode seemed to be a lot more about the mental endurance they need. It was more about, it was less about, like we heard about some of the physical tortures, like we found out, for example, that... Mm one of the handmaids who had spoken out against the stoning of Janine, of Glenn. She's had her tongue cut out. I'm very grateful that we did not see the removal of the tongue. Yeah. Um, it strikes me as something that we may have seen in a previous episode. So, If June was still there,
0: I think we probably would have. But, yeah, yeah since she's come back, that's happened in her absence. Yeah. In- yeah,
1: instead this was about the cruelty and mental torture, I think.
0: Absolutely, and this is why Aunt Lydia is so prominent in this mm. episode. She's, mm. you know, the instigator of all of this. She's the one who literally, it's a duopoly, She June versus offer yeah, in this one. Yeah. It's like, make a choice. June's going to be chained up here until she has that baby. Yeah, she's really executed. playing the
2: mental yeah. game and really sort of connecting June with shame and guilt yep. and responsibility for the destruction of a family, for that delivery driver who's now hanging on the wall mm-hmm. um, and saying, you have a chance to shed your evilness and seek redemption
1: Through Alfred. Yeah. And it's very seductive. Like it really is in that sense of June is made to feel guilty for what has happened to that family. And that family was pretty much a mirror of her own. You know, it was. Yes. yes. Yeah. Like it was white wife, black husband, small child about the same age as Hannah. And I think that what that stands for is that this show isn't just about June, like mm. she's the person who we are seeing it through but there are lots of dunes yes and that was sort of very much mirroring her own life and I'm
2: just yeah the, our heroine is really sullied in this episode isn't she because we see how she wrecked a family the first time around mm. when she got with luke and we see how she's wrecked mm. a family in gilead and yeah. sent them to the worst sort of ending they could imagine.
0: Well, that's it. And, you know, having quote, unquote, wrecked that family back in the day, having the affair with Luke and being confronted by his ex. And ultimately that being targeted as a fallen woman is what made her be a handmaid. You know, they they sought out women who they could redeem, who'd done something wrong in a past life. And, you know, they have past sins that they need Mm. to. to... Do you know
2: what I thought was interesting about what the wife was saying to June in that scene? She said, Luke is a good man. He wants to do the right thing. Mm. You have to back away. And I was like, hang on. June's not responsible for Mm -hmm. his behaviour. You can't pin that on her alone. You know, he's a big boy. He can make his own
0: decision. It's fascinating in those situations. Like, it is the woman who's targeted mostly and it's, you know, you're the home wrecker.
2: It made me wonder, is the wife in Gilead now also a wife? Because she's clearly she believes in God. She talks about we made a vow before God. Mm-hmm. She believes in sort of the morality and shame around extramarital affairs and mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. And why did her and Luke never have a child? Did she have fertility issues? So I also yeah. wonder because she
1: appeared later on because yes. she approached June right at the beginning of her relationship with Luke. They've been going out for like two months. But we see her again after June and Luke have had baby Hannah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm assuming that is at least a couple of years down the track, mm-hmm. and she clearly hasn't forgotten, and she's still thinking about them. I just thought, you know, it was. I thought it was strange that they brought her into this episode, and I thought she's going to come back again. I wonder, isn't too. she? And yeah. I thought, is she the person who maybe dobbed them in? Like, I wonder if that's the sort of role she'll have later, because it was very creepy. It was creepy,
0: and it also had shades of that episode back in um, Series One, where literally after uh, June had had Hannah, there was a kidnapping attempt. Um, do you oh, remember yes, in hospital? Yes, yeah. Oh, that's and so, right, yeah. in this scene, it was almost as if it was the baby under threat because there was a mm. dodgy-looking guy in the queue there at the coffee, and I think it was a red herring. You're thinking, but then ah, there's
1: is it Annie? His his ex-wife's oh, name. Oh god, I just had a horrible thought. What's like that? I don't know where Hannah is right now, and is she in an orphanage um, or is she being farmed out to a family? Wish. Oh, she's
0: in an orphanage, or she was in the last episode. Was of that an orphanage or a, school, oh. or a school? Or oh, that's so true. she's been farmed yeah. out to
1: a family. What if he's got her? Yeah. Oh, that's too Aww. much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Let's just keep it what it's about. We'll talk. With- <laughs> you okay? No. No. This show's we're giving so me an ulcer. Okay, so on that note, it was interesting because we just found out this week that um Handmaid's Tale will be coming back for yes, season 3. Yes. How exciting. Yes. Yeah, which um which or is so <laughs> yeah, we are gotten to punishment <laughs> yeah because it really does like if we were hoping for June's escape and the fall of Gilead in season 2 i think we just found out that that's not going to happen well,
0: maybe it's Hannah's story next
1: yeah well, maybe I'm so before. yeah I, I mean in a good way But I was um, reading an article and it was an interview with Bruce Miller and he said that when he first was coming up with the concept of the Who is the showrunner
2: of Handmaid's Tale? Yes,
1: the creator and showrunner. And um, and when he was first imagining the TV show, he was, as an exercise, he tried to see if it could go for 10 seasons. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I just
2: thought. (laughs) That really is (laughs) gluttony for punishment.
1: We don't have the emotional strength (laughs) for that. I'm sorry, but no. (laughs) Oh,
0: man. All right, then. Um... On the bright side, so there was a couple of. I had a couple of laughs in this morbid episode, I must say. Just one funny moment with Aunt Lydia when they are back at the house and she corrects June on her posture. Mm. And um, <laughs> <but> <laughs>
1: I didn't to, laugh at that. I was like, oh, God. It was
0: just, oh, God. Like it was a funny moment. Because I where, was
1: thinking, but her back is straight. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Her posture is fine. Exactly. Oh,
0: oh, right, yeah. That's not the posture of a handmaid. <laughs> I thought that was darkly funny. Um, and June's, I want to call it a what-the-fuck face at the... <laughs> Super weird baby shower. Yes. yes. Yeah. God, With uh, is... this phony baloney posturing yeah. of...
2: With the red and the blue string coming the together ties the ties that hand.
0: bind them, yeah. It, it's so weird. And she was co- calling it for what it was.
2: How angry was Serena in this episode?
0: She's not coping. Very interesting dynamic, yeah. Mm. And, um, and having
2: Aunt Lydia sort of reprimand her, you know, take the cigarette out of her hand mm. and... Mm-hmm. It's
1: all very manipulation again. Like this is, like Aunt Lydia is like a master manipulator. It makes me wonder what she was doing before Gilligan. Yeah, (laughs)
0: exactly. Yeah, we alluded to that. Are we ever going to get that backstory? Um, She ran a women's prison, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing with the Aunt Lydia character here, it's fascinating to see the space she occupies between the two spheres between the handmaids and the wife. She's, you know, she keeps the order and the, the balance happening there. And with Serena, that dynamic was fascinating with her mm. and June during that super weird baby shower. And the repetition, again, this whole episode has a lot of repetition to it, the chanting that mm-hmm. she does that turns into kind of a pleading of let the little children mm. come to me. Yes. Um that was weird. It was weird and also sad. I mean, you know, she can't have kids so obviously there's a desperation there to mm-hmm. to try and get one. That's what well, I, I thought was
1: interesting that it's not just like Aunt Lydia is sort of manipulating June and she's manipulating Serena, but I actually as an audience member thought that we were being a little bit manipulated as well mm-hmm. because it really kinda of made us sympathize or empathize with Serena, mm-hmm. I think that we can sort of understand her position and how that must feel. Yeah, and the it's baby not a pleasant sh- position. No, and the baby shower, I think, was kind of bad for everybody yes. else. <laughs> yeah. Except that woman having a ball with that rolly toy. Oh. <laughs>
2: she was <laughs> loving it.
0: Wheeling the elephant in on the trolley. Oh, for God's sake. Um, and... I- more repetition as well. Fascinating, the same scene played out with different characters. Did you notice that with um, Luke consoling June about his ex calling, you know, confronting June and then him consoling her, mm-hmm. saying, Don't worry about her, she's nothing to us. And then literally the next scene is Commander consoling You're Serena. So- I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> Thanks. Good job. Um, <laughs> saying, Don't worry about. June She's also, wrecking their house. She's nothing to us. So the same oh dialogue base, almost. Yeah. I rewound it just to double check. Almost the same dialogue. So the same scene plays out on this whole concept of home wrecking and mm-hmm. and also being able to banish people to. They're nothing to us. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting. And it is actually called Other Women. It is. It mm. is. Yes.
2: What's happening? With Mayday. We hear that Mayday is no longer helping handmaids.
0: Yes, they've gone quiet. Yes. So and I what think does that mean
2: for June at all?
0: I think that's what contributes to the stoop and to the where we end up at the end of this episode. She kind of Hopeless. She's out of options at the moment. And um in past episodes we've talked about her baby is kind of her insurance policy at the moment. Mm-hmm. But at the moment it's it's what anchors her to this horrific household and it's
1: Like I say, I find it interesting that she calls the baby, the baby. (laughs) She doesn't refer to it as my baby. Mm. And um, so at some point she calls it the baby. And then to Serena, she says, it's your baby. And I was sort of wondering about the emotional toll of that. Like her experience of carrying a child is so incredibly different to her first experience. And I think, you know, every sort of Australian mum-to-be has Kaz Cook's book which counts down the weeks and you go, oh, it's week, whatever, (laughs) and now I'm growing the baby's toenails. How amazing. And um, normally that's what June would be doing but now I guess she can't bond with the baby mentally in that way and so it's she's still very the baby.
2: This whole season yeah. is really putting me off pregnancy entirely. I mean <laughs> not that I've, I am pregnant or have had a child but the idea of you are a host for this this yeah. you know the hope incubator. of the future. Yeah you're an incubator and I mean it's not like that necessarily in real life but we do sometimes shame expecting mothers in terms of their behavior and what they're doing and are you eating enough for the baby. And whatever oh absolutely. Else. Yeah I mean you might know better than I do but <laughs> The whole thing makes me think, oh, God, are you like a host? Are you? Anyways.
0: Well, I think No Scene sums that up more than at the end where Serena comes in and talks to her baby and never mind the pregnant woman who has to listen to it and the caressing of the... because she really is nothing now, isn't she? Yeah, she really is. She's nothing to them. Mm -hmm. She's just the host. It's like they
2: might as well knock them out for the entire nine months and stick them on an IV drip and...
1: Yeah. I think there's like, that sort of question comes up a lot, the way that they handle things in Gilead is kind of a bit perplexing. You know, you don't really understand the decisions they make. But I guess what I keep coming back to is they really are trying to destroy people emotionally because, like, with June, they could have had the baby via IVF, you know, and she could be just in, like, a women's centre for nine months. But they really – it's all, all of these rituals that they have, mm. you know, the actual sex ritual, now the, now they've got a whole ritual around the baby shower. Mm. All of it is designed to sort of break you down or like emotionally change you so that you are really in Gilead. And June said something, I think it was last episode, which is do you ever actually leave Gilead or is it just in you? Mm. And I was that's what they do here, which is really disturbing.
0: Yeah, that's right. And the strange thing is a lot of this comes from the book that Serena wrote about a woman's place, and you know, the ideas for Gilead, maybe not the literal ceremony itself. but
1: I wasn't sure if it was a Serena idea or if it was coming from the executive order of Gilead. There was a scene in Episode 2, I think, which had the commander and he was in a car with a bunch of the other senior execs of Gilead and they were coming up with the idea of how are we actually going to get these handmaids pregnant and they were mm-hmm. coming up with this whole sex ceremony rape ritual. And the commander said, oh, the wives are never going to go for that. And the executive said, we'll just have to make them. We'll
2: involve them to give them buy-in. Yeah, and let them yeah. hold their hands.
1: Ugh. And so, yeah, I, so it really sort of brings back to me how much Gilead is about punishing women. Totally. Yeah, they're not taking an easy way out. They're not just doing IVF, which clearly they could do if they wanted to. Instead, it's say no... We will be controlling them. We will be subjugating them. We will be destroying them Mm. as much as we possibly can.
0: And that extends all the way through. I mean, bad handmaids get sent to the colonies, whereas bad guys Mm -hmm. get up on the wall. They get killed like it's over for them. Mm -hmm. But for the women, the torture continues and they go off and shovel the radioactive dirt. It's, you know, there's no, there's no end. (laughs) (laughs) end.
2: I never understand why. Why? It's such... Such an expenditure of energy to do this much harm to people. Why do you hate women so much?
1: So if we can yeah. go back to um, Mayday and, yes. and what is Mayday doing. So in an interview that I read with Bruce Miller, he did actually say that Mayday is not a handmade rescue operation. Mm. They're actually trying to destroy Gilead. And quite disturbingly, he said, if you are trying to disturb Gilead, handmaids are so important to them that frankly... You can um, knock them off. Yep. You could just kill the whole lot of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's like, so really, who can can June trust? She really now has no one. Nick tried to help and it didn't work out. She tried to escape and it didn't work out.
2: Well, she now seems to be pushing even Nick away.
1: Yes. Yeah. We saw in the final scene where
2: he's like, June, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And she ignores him and carries on in, in this broken record sort of playing in her mind and trying to, you know.
1: And I think the other handmaids now aren't really her friend anymore because she did try to escape and also I think now she's sort of dangerous. I think there's a level of fear and resentment around her, even her relationship with Rita, um, who is the Martha in the commander's house. When um, June spoke out of turn, Rita was the one that got slapped by Serena. Yeah. And I was like, Rita yeah, is so nice. Really you can't do that to her. On everyone. <laughs> and
0: Rita had alluded earlier in the um, episode when, she, when June first got back, um, remember she had the parcel of notes about, missing yes. women um, and she couldn't pass it on. She didn't want to be a part of Mayday because – and we got an insight into how bad things are for Martha's too. She was just
1: so terrified of what would happen to her and, like, you don't mm-hmm. know what they do to us. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think that story is definitely one to come. Yeah. And I think the actress that plays reader is really good. I've liked everything she's done so mm. far. I want, I want more of her. Yes.
2: And she's sticking around so there will be more of her. Um, I think given what a downer this episode is, there's very few glimmers of hope here at all, if any, actually – I'm very interested to see what happens next episode because in the arc of, you know, mm-hmm. screenwriting, there must be some sort of bit of hope that comes next to keep us keep us going, keep us interested.
1: Well, yes. The, yeah, I think they're very keen on um, playing up the relationship between the commander and Nick and June. And mm. I was actually surprised, frankly, that Nick was still there. Same. Like, yeah? I, that's kind of been one for me as well
0: because Serena did put them together in the first place. Mm-hmm. I would have thought in June's absence... Was she not looking to where Nick was going or did mm-hmm. she not twig? You know, maybe now Serena's was cottoning
2: on to June's yes. love for she Nick because look. June's most, yeah, exactly, obvious look that did not end. I was like, June, yeah. again, with the stupidity. But, stop <laughs> <Didn't, looking." laughs> but I think,
1: like, didn't um, Serena see Nick sort of caressing June's belly in a previous episode? Yes, I think and so. And at a time when they're being so proprietary oh, towards gosh. June's baby. Bad things
2: are going to happen but for Nick and June now.
1: Yeah, that's yes, right. Well, bad things for Nick maybe. Yeah, I am wondering how they're going to play out because clearly the commander sees this as his baby and Nick sees this as his baby. Because it is. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so I wonder if next episode we might see something around that.
0: Yeah. Also, is Nick who we think he is? We know he's an eye. I.
2: I, I felt like when he was running up to June at the end of the scene in the final scene, saying, I'm sorry, June, I tried so hard. Mm. That, to me, felt genuine. I thought, um, he really does care about her. Maybe I'm too gullible. we well, <laughs> you know the actually? I'm it's actually
1: your Mingella eyes. <laughs> yes. It's Mingella glasses. Uh, Luke, who we think he is? I feel like they tried to make Luke a bit of a bad character. I think Luke has oh, been very think- sympathetic so far and I think that we have liked him and then all of a sudden we see him and even though we don't really like the ex-wife, do we? But I didn't like the way he spoke to her on the phone. Like that's not how you speak to Aww, people I mean, you're to. I, you. I, thought I thought he was, he was trying to defend his partner. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, sort, I sort of felt are we seeing Luke as a bit of a bad character now, someone who cheated on his wife and, um, and also treated her badly on the phone? Like June actually um, had a go at him about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was wondering whether whether in this sort of love triangle that June's got going on, are they sort of building up Nick but tearing down Luke?
0: Well, I see another repetition, another love triangle <laughs> happening again. Mm-hmm. Um, but see, I don't know about Luke. I remember I thought he might have a role to play in Mayday because he originally explained what Mayday was to June before any of this shit went down. Like he explained the French origins of the the term. Right. Um So that was kind of. That's an element from the book and I think it was in maybe the first episode or the second episode. She she alludes to oh, Luke explained what Mayday was back to me. So that's always been there for me and the fact that he hasn't really developed. You don't know what he's been doing Yeah, in I don't these think years. he's been developed quite well yeah. enough for me to
2: figure out whether he's good or bad. Or, yeah. He seems perfectly lovely to me so
1: yeah. <laughs> far. Yeah, to me he's, he's one of the masterminds of Mayday but I don't ah, know, that's my theory. Okay. I hope so because mm. so far we've just seen him sort of lying on a bed in Canada like yeah, I really doing would like match, yeah yeah like... but he
2: did allude to I had an early shift so what was he doing what's his job
0: well I think he and Moira probably work at the asylum seeker center oh right yeah you know, okay. when he's not concocting mayday <laughs> um and this episode closes out with a song we're back to having a song end it. and, and power and yeah so the episodes where June was not in Gilead they didn't have songs they had the Baseball audio in the first episode and some silence. So this now we're back having a song and it's Cat Power, "Hate," which yes. is a great song but depressing as all get-out lyrics.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing was depressing yeah, as you said. I know. And actually,
2: the whole pace of this episode I think was slower than the first two because she's back in Gilead and back trapped, where time stands still and she's without power. It felt like the whole thing was there was a lot of prolonged silences and. Mm. Just sort of drawn out scenes, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, which just sort of contributed to the feeling of dread and oh God, we're back.
0: Yeah, and we're in
1: June's head. And we're very slowly much.
2: sinking in this sort of pile of mud.
1: <laughs> yeah. I really I thought it was interesting that um just the way that Aunt Lydia did try to break June. Yeah. And that um she took her to the wall to see yeah. the man who helped her. I knew he was gonna get it. Last yeah. I knew it, I called it. <laughs> yeah and we see him hanging on hanging on the wall but what was interesting was that like aunt lydia gave june an out because clearly june's feeling very guilty about yeah. that as you absolutely would yeah. so when so when aunt lydia says this is june's fault june did this you know that june is thinking that as well like she's yeah. absolutely agreeing but then she gives june an out and says but ofred didn't do this mm, there yeah. is there is there is a future for ofred and she actually says If June remains, June will have the baby, and then June will be executed. Mm -hmm. But there is a future for Alfred. We don't know what that future is. But and then we see the two of them hugging, and it was really, it really felt like, weird, yeah. It really felt like, and um, like that June needed that—that she was actually getting comfort from Aunt Lydia. And it was in
0: a vulnerable moment. mm, Yeah, it's disturbing. Aunt Lydia's ability to be good cop and bad cop at the same time—it's incredible. I find her so fascinating. Yeah, her
2: her delivery, just of her lines, (laughs) is so. Perfect. I'll go back to deranged. She's just so insane sounding and, and just so perfectly evil, but with a you know layer of sugar on top of it when she wants it
0: there. Yeah, she's like mm. a diabolical Mary Poppins. Like she <laughs> she's is. like a
2: maniacal babysitter yeah. <laughs> to June
0: in this episode, really. Yeah. And she's staying over to just, you know, reacquaint her, let her settle back in nicely, make sure it all goes to plan because she's there if it doesn't go mm. to plan. Yeah, because she's
1: so invested. Yep. She's like she needs this to work to the yep. point that At the baby shower when things start to go off the rails a bit, she finds Serena and she even gives her a bit of a pep talk and and says, you know, yes, June is difficult, yes, June is very strong, but that means your baby will be strong. And, you know, when you really shouldn't be smoking because it's bad for the baby and she's really getting Serena to be accepting of June because Aunt Lydia clearly needs June to be in that house. She needs this to work. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking... I wonder what her KPIs are. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was is so weird that she. targets.
2: Yeah, right. That she alluded to June's strength, because up until now, her strength has not been sort of dealt with in a positive light at yeah. all by anyone in and Gilead. That's kind of
1: not smart either, because maybe a strong handmaid gets their tongue cut out. Yeah, you know? right, exactly.
2: Yeah. And now she's sort of portraying her strength as a positive for the baby. What totally the
1: hell is going on? her. Yes, <laughs> yes she <laughs> is. Gaslighting it's 101.
0: Amazing. They want um, them weak, not yeah. strong. Oh, so, well. Directed strength, yes. Strength to build your babies. I do love the line, try to avoid any kind of shock to the system.
2: (laughs) What do you think all of this
1: is?
0: (laughs) You know, what's not said is leave that to me. Like, i will take her for a walk by the wall.
1: (sighs) Because as we know, Aunt Lydia's costume actually has space for that um, shock device which she, which she carries with her, I'm assuming, at all times. Yeah, thanks, friend of
0: the show, Anne Crabtree, <laughs> costume designer. All right, so that's episode four. What's Where to now? What are, what are our hopes and dreams well, for the next episode? Like I
2: said, I, I feel like it. next episode surely has to have something positive happen because there's only so much misery an audience can take mm-hmm. and this was all misery, mm. this episode.
1: Well, there are a lot more characters that are still to be fleshed out or or whose stories we haven't seen yet. I mm. think there's more of the commander and how he is managing this whole executive power, which yeah. I find very interesting because clearly he also was under pressure. Mm. And also he was trying to get himself on sort of this commission to Canada. I'm yes. not quite sure yeah, what's yes, he what he's doing there. That sneaky, interesting. sneaky
0: bastard. He wants to be an envoy in Canada, which could be an interesting development because if, the family ups and goes there or if somehow June can tag along, that brings her in close proximity to Luke and Moira. Mm. I don't know. That's something. I like that little uh, hint that something was happening there. I think it's about time we have another glimpse of the colonies. Yes. Maybe what's yep. Emily up to? How's mm-hmm. she coping? We're probably due for another sex scene as <laughs> yes.
1: well. Yeah, there's <laughs> been a couple of to episodes. To lighten the mood. Yeah. 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 We need it, yeah, We all need it. All
0: right, so may the Lord open. <laughs> <laughs> no has never
1: been more appropriate and also gross.
0: Sorry. (laughs) Um, That's good. Alright, on that note, uh, thanks for listening. We hope that helped. Thank you for joining me. Uh, Thank my co-hosts, Sana Kadar and Natalie Hambly. It has been a pleasure. (laughs) And thank you. We love hearing your comments about this show and about this podcast. Uh, Feel free to leave feedback and give us a rating wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you'd like to reach out on Twitter, uh, you can find me at anythingbutfifi.
2: Me at Sana underscore Qadar,
0: Q-A-D-A-R. And me at Natalie Hambly. And if you're interested in our other podcasts, you can subscribe to The Good Fight SBS Fan Podcast, which also does episode recaps, this time of the excellent SBS drama series The Good Fight. And if you'd like recommendations of movies and TV shows that are worth your time, you can subscribe to the playlist. I also host that one along with my colleague Nick Faseen. For more Handmaid's Tale coverage, you can head to SBS Guide, where we do episode recaps and give you recommendations for other things to watch as you await the next episode of The Handmaid's Tale at SBS and SBS On Demand every Thursday. You
2: don't own me, I'm not
0: your property So take your dirty, the me Try to avoid any kind of shock to the system. Yes, I hope you're hungry. And until next time, don't let the bastards grind you down.